Hello everyone, welcome to the BDG show episode unlucky. 13. Yeah, the unlucky 13. Best episode. And, and uh, sort of randomly, that it sort of segues nicely into the unlucky uh, Project Rainfall theme. Well, do you know, I think in our case... I think that Project 13 is going to be our lucky number... Uh, sorry, Episode 13 is going to be our lucky number, and every other episode is the unlucky one. Uh, unlucky ones. So I think we're set for a really good episode okay, this time. Okay, okay. For the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as uh, Maya mentioned there, uh, we are um, talking about the Project Rainfall trilogy. There's not really a really very good reason for us talking about the Project Rainfall trilogy. I mean, it... it, it uh, I've just made one up for you. No, but what I mean is that, you know, it was an American, uh, a sort of North American campaign to get these games released in North America. All of them released in Europe without any fanfare or fuss. And it was only because they were released in Europe that Project Rainfall kind of, you know, kicked off. And mm, so the, that's... The Americans got... They got Aggie. Yeah, well, and those, game, those games are Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles. Last Story, Story. And Pandora's Tower. That's right. Uh, yeah, well, right, thank God, thank God, they were released in Europe and not in America. Otherwise, you wouldn't have such amazing accents in all of them. No, <laughs> well, they I'm did. Serious. They did go to America eventually with uh, but, the amazing but accents. One of the, I think, I think it's Pandora's Tower came out sort of like a year later, so mm. it was a big difference. And, and obviously, in the case of, we're talking at the end of the Wii's life cycle, so we're talking about a big. Like relatively speaking, that's a big difference, and and also it took a year for Pandora's Tower. I know we're not talking about Pandora's Tower today, but sorry, but Pandora's Tower came out one year before the game came out in Europe, which is one year before the game came out in North America. So it's just like going back to you know the NES and the Super Nintendo with those like release dates years apart between the different regions. Well, worth the wait. We'll find out in the next episode. Yeah, right? when we talk about Pandora's Tower, it's true, yes. But so this time, this episode, episode 13, lucky episode, is about the last story. In a way, you, we, we, I wish we'd done the last story as the last of the three to I mean, give it that extra meaning. Whatever. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, mean, uh, like... I want to make a joke about it's my Final Fantasy or something, but they can't. That know, would just sound a bit weird and, and kind of messed up but okay. no the last game should be fun uh, whatever I can't do it Forget okay it's fine it. I'm just That's not fine. not smart enough um, oh yeah so we're going to split this the, the episode up into two sections correct first we'll talk about the story a bit and then maybe we'll take a break and then we'll come back with the kind of gameplay yeah sounds um, good to me yeah so the plot I mean there, I, there's got to be a reason Mayor you wanted to talk about the plot first I take the story it. oh I just wanted to introduce some of the characters and and think about the, the you know the kind of underlying story side of it because I think it's quite interesting and strange, and then yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one, isn't it's, it? It is a strange one, um, and just some of the providence because obviously what why it was so eagerly anticipated and part of the reason there was such a fuss in America about it not being released was because it's a Sakaguchi game. Sakaguchi, of course, the kind of creator or the director I should say of the original Final Fantasy and and really heavily involved in story writing it, yes in writing the stories he, and and just in general really heavily invested in the Final Fantasy series right up until 
12. Yes. When he left and he... he After the... What was it called? Broke out on his spirit, own. The film oh, Dubai well, called. The Spirits Within, yeah. I know that's one of his kind of... Um, less successful <laughs> experiments yeah. But, but yeah I think debacle is not a strong enough word but yeah. Um, yeah so after that he set up uh, Mr. Walker mm. and um, they, they, they're they the ones who've kind of yeah. produced and o- overseen the, the last story actually we found out that they don't actually make the games themselves but it's like a core company, very small company with Sakaguchi. But based in Hawaii. Because they're badass. Yeah. Because they're badass. Oh my God, imagine how cool that is. Like just strolling around the beach and just enjoying the sunsets and all that, talking about their game. And... Uh, just gone the conference. Although none of, that, none of that tropical spirit is within this game. No, that's true. Well, of course, because they're just conference calling all day with uh, Japan, like with the actual development. Conference calling on the beach. The development team that they outsourced it to. I mean, it's a really, it's a weird kind of um, system de- development, isn't sounds, it? Yeah, sounds, I would yeah. love to be part of that company. That kind oh of core God. team that does nothing, but they do all the pl- they do the planning and the they planning, do the, the, story the story writing and the, and and the kind like of that. yeah. But they outsource the technology side. Yeah. Yes, they send it to, to someone in, in mm. Japan. I can't remember who the the actual kind of. So I, I should come clean and say that you know I I do fangirl certain uh, Final Fantasy games, and therefore my expectations for this. But to be honest, it's kind of high. mixed. No, you know, on some days it was quite high, and on some days I thought, no, no expectations. Some days while we were playing the game, or you mean before? No, no, this in is advance. before because oh. I like to pre-think everything. You know, I like to think, and then I like to think again, and then I like to think again. So, so <laughs> like, well, well, tell me where where do you think the last story gets its story cues from? Okay, well, that's the thing that I think is very interesting because the last story. It, the mo the, the game that I think is just screaming out at you when you play it is Resident Evil Four. What in the story? Well, yeah, the style, the style of you oh, know the, I... the pacing, the yeah, well, the, the shotgun pacing. I I completely get that in the gameplay uh, department, but I was expecting you to say I was setting it up for you to say Final Fantasy Nine, yeah, which is well, where I'm, those. Well, I was getting to that. Oh. But I just a wanted cross... to surprise you. Oh, okay. It's a cross between Resident Evil 4 and Final Fantasy 9. And so you're telling me off for saying Resident Evil 4 before Final Fantasy 9? Well, I w- <laughs> yeah, because sure, I, to me, it's Resident Evil 4 is the gameplay and it's, you know, colliding. Adrian, I'm with not going to, like, Final Fantasy I'm not going to school you school. yet again talking about how those three, two things are inseparable I, I'm just well saying, then why are we separating them out in these sections it's an arbitrary separation to help us you know talk about these things in a clear and effective manner hmm. but I'm just saying hmm. that I think that both Final Fantasy 9 and Resident Evil 4 are instrumental to the story because <sighs> the pacing of the story is so quick okay I feel like I'm not being entirely clear what I mean is you know, when you first go into the game, you it's kind of strange. Cause I thought it was just a tutorial style in which you are put on a very linear path and it's just like enemies on this side, enemies on that side, bam, bam, bam. And then you go to the next area and there's more and there's more, there's more tension, there's more conversation. And you know, that I thought was going to stop and, the, and an actual RPG was going to emerge from the ashes. But actually what happened was that, that this kind of um, Resident Evil 4 style continued throughout. Oh, we're not talking about the story here now, are, are we? This is this is okay. Okay, fine. Maybe I've just changed. I'm, I'm asking you. Is that? I think that is to do with the story and not the gameplay. 
I thought you wanted to set up about the characters and the you know the, the talk about kind of the story I'm, beats and, and and these kinds of things. Instead, you're talking about the enemies and the you know the way. The way it <laughs> All right, moves. fine, fine. We'll talk about the gameplay first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. God. Whatever, Adrian. You are such a nerd. I think it's this, unbelievable. I think episode, my episode thirteen prediction was. Totally wrong. I got it. It's unlucky. I, got it, I called the rest. I got it backwards. Yeah. You got everything backwards oh. with me, and that, I feel so bad. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Dude, now you've continued interrupting me, you might as well put your your two cents in <laughs> about what the story. Whatever the hell you want to talk. About. <laughs> <laughs> well, but uh, with with this game, that it do, it does so much right, and there's so much about it where you think, yep, yeah, this is really good. You know, this is really slick. This is really well done. This is really, you know, it's it's clearly had a lot of money innovative. and time thrown out. Yeah, very innovative, exactly. All of these things. Uh, but there's something strange about it in a, a, and just kind of a bit off. It's missing something, isn't it's it? It's not that it's bad. Um, I think it's a good game, but it's not a yeah, great game. Yeah, I, that's it. But there's something off that that does that. That means that it never really becomes. It doesn't develop. It didn't become great for for me. I think I that didn't, would, I didn't know what that was. I think the issue for for me, and maybe you will see feel that it's correct from what I'm saying. Like it reflects what you how you feel, which mm. is that that it starts with a bam. Like it's quite like whoa. It's so yes. different. It's so fresh. Do you, do you know what it does? One of the things it does right at the start, okay. which is very unusual, is that. When you click new game, in fact, I actually remember sitting down and I had some food, uh, and I thought, and I, th- I think I said, oh, you know, I want to play, I want to p- let's play the last story and, and and we can eat while the opening cutscene is playing. Yes. Okay. And then I click new game, and then I'm in control of the character immediately, and I'm like, what the hell is going like on? You read some and, evil and you've got a does Resident Evil Four do that? Basically, yeah. It's, yeah, I suppose it has a short, very short cutscene, but this doesn't even. Last story doesn't even have that. Yeah, instant. It's just, oh, I'm controlling this character, and, and Half Life. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, exactly. It's like Half Life, yeah. And I'm like, what the? That is not. It's that very is not inst- yeah, Japanese it's very, RPG yeah, behavior. There's a, exactly there's a lot of freshness to the start, and I feel like the problem is it does not then develop into a fully fleshed out game and there are, there are lots to recommend it you know you mentioned that that kind of instantaneous freshness the characters i think are some of the best characters i have ever encountered i had okay you're smiling because you know i had issues at the start at the start because they, they at the start be they will not shut the f up oh my god you they are chatting they are chit chatting here bit of you know bit of chat here bit of chat there <laughs> it's not developing <laughs> the, the plot and it's, the accents as the well the accents are the range so grating the range of accents though very what, what grating we, what is it seren is seren is she's from where is her accent it's like it's kind of geordie i think is that i don't know it's kind of a mixture or yorkshire or something it's not yorkshire accent it's like a I figured out what it was, like, specifically, and now I've forgotten. It's okay. We'll put it in the yeah. description. But anyway, so Seren in particular, I found really grated on me. And I was just like, is this going to be throughout the game? You're just going to have them yelling at each other? Just de- <laughs> character development here, character development there. And that did yeah. happen. Because they just chat throughout the gameplay. Throughout the gameplay, and, they're And chatting. throughout the whole game. Yeah, they're, they're constantly chatting. talking. It, but the, I guess in a way it's nice that it doesn't... It's, it's not a cutscene. 
No, and that I think... Of, that kind of lets them ramble a bit more and it's not like a problem. You're not no, sitting no. there like, I, God, when is this going to end? At first, I could, I could not believe how irritating it was. It was, <laughs> it was so bad. But then I got used to it and I liked the characters and I was like, yeah, that's, that's actually a nice, a nice way of, of dealing with things. They, those are the kind of good things, I think. But then the problem is, is that they are kind of... Because it's all set up there, you're expecting a big reveal, that you're expecting the plot to then go somewhere. And I don't feel like it has enough climactic power towards the end to balance out the goodness of the start. That is what I think leads to it being an unsatisfying uh, gaming experience. Okay, I, I can see that. Because in, in a way, right from the start, I mean, I mean... We can we can say it's not a spoiler to say that there's only one town mm-hmm. in this game and it's beautiful. It is only, and it's large. It is a, yeah, it's an it's got an incredible amount of depth and an, an incredible amount of scope uh, it, to it. Uh, but you basically have access to the town and the whole of the town uh, very quickly. Instantly, yeah. yeah, very quickly, very soon after you start the game. Um, the th- and it doesn't change. And it. it well, that's not really a problem that it doesn't change, but it's just that you don't go anywhere else. That's your hub. I can see why, because it's so detailed well, and it's so you know, I know I think it's huge. I think it's fine. I think it's a really... So, so just to, to be clear, Adrian and I are simply talking about the beginning of the game, which is in which you start out in a location which ends up being um, part of this larger island that has a town on it and then s- several other locations which you can visit. But if we're, you know, being honest, 95, 99% of the game is spent on this one island. You know, you're not going anywhere else in the world. And to me, mm. as, the, as the an island, R- The island is the game. Yes, the yeah. island is the game. And yeah. to me, as an RPG fan... That's blasphemy. The idea of not being able to... Ex- like, don't give me a map... And then tell me you're not going any of these these places, bitch. You're staying in this one place. What? You're staying on this one island, and you're not going anywhere. And like you get these little reports about empire here and a bit of tension over there. And yeah. you, know, you you have the the, the another island, um, which which is kind of like your nemesis island. Um, what is it? What are they called? The Gurak. It's you the know, Gurak. The Gurak yeah. That was the whole like tension there with this other race. Yeah. But you don't go anywhere else, and I that to me is like blasphemy that is like sacrilegious it's just you do get off the the island in for for these sections like when you're on the 95 percent yeah you're you're on a you're on a boat and and there's there's these bits of traveling but they are limited yeah yeah there's yeah definitely and there's there's never another town I guess that's the point, you know. You you get these these few levels outside, but that's what I it. what I think is that there was a trade off between um, you know keeping up the pace and the pace is so amazing, like it, it goes from bam bam. It's very very quick, very quick witted. The dialogue is very pithy. There's all this going on and a lot of story coming at you all the time, which is very great. But there's a trade off when you do that that you then don't allow the player to take their time and explore. Um, explore the game and, and find out the mysteries and the secrets and the, the kind of deep to deepen the characters and deepen the character development and deepen the story. And I didn't feel enough of a connection at the mm. end of the game to feel like I really cared what was going to happen. I felt like there was a bit too much repetition in a sense of the of the scenery and of the of the even the character conversations. There was a bit too much repetition, and, and I and I found that difficult. 
mm-hmm. towards the end of the game. Okay, uh, fair enough. I, I can I can see that. Um, I, I just wanted to mention actually when since we're talking about the characters, uh, one of the things that this game does really well and uh, and it's really strange, really unusual um, is that even though of course it's a Japanese game. Because of the the voice acting and and the localization, uh, you almost wouldn't know it. Mm. I, I mean, the art style is is very Japanese mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and the the costumes that they all the characters are wearing and the 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 leather chaps that everyone wears <clears> at <throat> some point, uh, yeah, is, is, is tells you uh, you know it kind of gives the game's origins away. But the the things that the characters say, like the phrases that they say, I mean, in in Xenoblade you have obviously English uh, accents and English voice acting, but you don't have people calling each other, you know, oh you smarmy git. Yeah. You don't. It, it's got a real sense of um, <laughs> well, Englishness is putting it the wrong way, but there's a visceral everyday kind of when you and I were listening to it we felt like it was kind of speaking the speech of our country we recognised we recognised it. it but we were like the, the localization to this is just it is the best localization I have ever seen ever hands down the dialogue but, but like I'm trying to think of examples because it just kind of escapes me it's but, just those phrases that come up all the time like you smarmy git yeah or like you daft bugger yeah and the like, role of alcohol yeah you owe, me, role a, of, you owe me a pint yeah the role of alcohol and, I thought was absolutely it. fascinating especially with what this one character called Seren who I found very irritating at the start but I grew to like very much later on where she, her character base she's the boozy kind of bar, bar feed the boozy lass who's always Stripping for people. Well, uh, always, yeah, yeah, she. Might, well, I guess. I guess. Up. There's weird stuff, but uh, I thought as well. Equally, kind of recognisable to in, in a way is there's uh, Lowell. Lowell. Mm. And oh, he had such a hot accent. I love Scot- the Scottish accent. Well, he's got a sort of Scot Scottish Edinburgh. Edinburgh. It's the Scottish, but it's the Scottish. but it's the Roger Moore, uh, not the Roger Moore. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery. Freaking love Scottish. Where he's like, a, and he's a ladies' man in the, in, in the in thing the game, in the game, yeah. and and they they're always taught. He's you know he's always talking about oh you know this lass, yeah, and, and it's just like this is a Japanese RPG, and they're talking about you know lasses, and you owe me a pint, and mm, it's you know, amazing. You're daft bugger and all this stuff, and I was yeah. <laughs> can I can I just can I just like say another thing that I really thought was incredibly well done, also yeah. very difficult to pull off in a game, I think, uh, which is like the central love story, the and romance. it's very interesting because the main character is this guy called Zale, and um, and the kind of love interest is uh, Lady Callista, otherwise known as Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies if Asian Knight burst out laughing every second that we say Lisa, but um, <laughs> obviously if you if you're a fan of the room or a fan of listening to our podcast, you'll know that the room is like we are we are still obsessed with that film and Lisa yeah, for Tommy was so fans and also because it's like the way they say Lisa is, is so, it's, it is it's like deliberate but it's stilted and it just makes you think it of, sounds of like Tommy the way Tommy Wiseau, Wiseau, Wiseau saying room, yeah. yeah anyway sorry about that uh, digression but yes Lisa yes Lisa <laughs> obviously they say it's slightly more normal but yeah 
it's still just a bit it's, it's hard bit it's hard to the name lisa has been tainted forever let's just be real um but yeah so the love story between them the thing i think is very fresh and interesting is that uh, i'm saying that lisa and uh, callista i'm just gonna say callista callista and zale callista and zale fall in love the first day that they meet each other but it is not contrived they like each other straight away because that's what young people do apparently um, you know, like they fall in, they, they fell in love straight away, and like they, there was a connection there, and and I didn't, I didn't feel like it was contrived. I thought it was very, very well done. They yeah. they revealed quite a lot about their past to each other quite early on, and it was just very natural. Yeah, it was very convincing. Incredibly it was convincing. Really, um, uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. It was very mature. The the way it was handled. Yeah. It was. It, that was. I was really impressed with that. I mean. Zale is a bit of a uh, kind of non-character. Zale is, and he looks creepy as fuck. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's what. That's he, what. That's kind of what. He what looks like is. a mixture between Harry Styles and I don't know. Think of some somebody else like Ellen DeGeneres and Harry Squall. Styles. No, I think you said Squall. <gasps> Squall and Harry Styles. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you know there was because the, the, he they had this very creepy way of making them smile and everyone else seemed to their yeah, faces you know, were fine oh yeah, yeah there's a they're a really mixed bag the characters in their the visual design because some of them like your lady callister and zale there's just a lot of moments where you just think they really look like thunderbird puppets oh there's a they, lot of weird animation they have the, they have this the the little the like jiggity. yeah the slightly jiggy like herky-jerky <laughs> you know yes going to shake your hand and my hand your whole arm is moving my up whole, and down <laughs> yeah, yeah like a puppet it's all really it, it is very yeah. I, I didn't find that as distracting as you but the harry styles smile and the vapid you know fish eyes i did that whole thing oh that's what he looks like zach efron oh, zach yeah. efron and harry styles i'm gonna put those two pictures together and make that okay. the uh the yeah the picture for this okay. but that i found i thought that they that he looked very scary but i thought lady callista was very very beautiful and i thought that the this, their love story was very convincing and very sweet um, yeah. And that the fact that I didn't find the whole like oh my god she's actually a lady slash princess um, storyline um, contrived even though it's been done to death because that is I mean basically I do think Sakaguchi um, who is very much in love with Final Fantasy IX storyline basically took the storyline of Final Fantasy IX and just imposed it upon this more modern fresh yeah formula if yeah, you like it's very because similar. it's very similar you have the kind of Kuja figure who is. Um, what's what's his name? The love interest, the other, not the love interest, the um, the kind of the oh. guy, the 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 rival of I can't remember what his name is. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't okay, matter. You, you don't need to say it. Yeah, the, yeah the, he's just the rival, love rival. The love rival, if you like, you know, he's just unbelievably kind of evil, evil and a bit mean, and and I think he's very well put together. And like, um, you have this idea. Well, I mean, the base is the premise of the story is that. Zale and his kind of bunch of friends, Dagron, Saren, Lowell. They're mercenaries. Yeah, they're mercenaries. But the, what they long to be is knights. And to be a knight is to be a very respected individual. And they sort of manage to find their, their way into the castle um, and, and sort of in, ingratiate themselves into the court culture. And I thought all of that was very interesting and well done. And again, yeah. quite similar to Final Fantasy IX kind of premise and setup. Um, and you know the way that the love story between Lady Callista and Zale continues, I think, is really well done. 
but then I felt like the problem kind of became that there was nothing beyond that world. It just kind of introduced a bunch of stuff and then shut the door on it. Really, I think it just comes back to the the kind of the gameplay or the the limitations of it in terms of they could only give you this one town and can only really give you this this one really detailed and really expansive environment and the, and the rest is the rest of the world and, and everything else is kind of closed off to you yeah I, I feel like I mean you I'm sure we had this conversation where you talk, you were like to me well mayor it's like you know it's it's to do with the money and the, I was yeah. like if they had a crowdfunding they could have crowdfunded it because <laughs> you know what I would spend a good amount of the little money that I have yeah. to it Millions. I'm not even kidding I've like paid like I, I think I donated like 10 pounds to Wikipedia because I use them and I love Final Fantasy <laughs> as a as like I'm obsessed so if I if, if they were crowdfunding Nintendo Mistwalker if you're listening yeah. yeah definitely I would spend 10 pounds on you guys any day 10 pounds any day oh my god <laughs> maybe yeah. even 20 if you're you know if oh, I'm feeling fancy oh, definitely gonna fund a game with that yeah. No, but I, you know, I'm just this poor girl, right? What about if you know a bunch of fans did that? The, you, you would be able to build a whole world with that money. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I don't buy all this stuff about how oh they couldn't afford, they couldn't afford. I don't believe that. Well, that's what it was. I think let, it was a storytelling uh, decision. Well, yeah. Let's talk about. It, I guess with this guy. I mean, we. Ha- it's really interesting the, to make the comparison with with Xenoblade because these two games really have a lot in common. Uh, but it's almost like they've gone in two uh, opposite directions mm-hmm. where 100%, yeah. where the last story has gone down uh, the route, kind of like the the newer Final Fantasy since Final Fantasy 13. Yeah, streamlined and make it much more linear and reduce the number of environments. There was a, there was a quote, um, quite a well-known quote from someone from Square Enix saying, look, with the HD graphics and with all the new technology... We can't do cities anymore. Uh, you you won't be exploring cities in the same way that you were in the heyday. The, yeah, in the PS One or on the, on the Super Nintendo. It's just too it's too much. To, and that's why I mean, right now, I mean, Final Fantasy just seems to have gone out of control in terms of, uh, you know, Final Fantasy, oh, fifteen now has been something like in production for like five years. In development, mm. and, and there's the costs must have been yeah the costs are just scary and, and no end in sight and just nuts, um, and so the last story is kind of uh, seems to be going going wrong with this. To that, this, in a way. well, it's just following the similar direction of okay, these cities and these kind of towns and the and the the ambitions we have for for this, we've got to tone it down and because we want to have the best graphics, we want to have you know stuff so we've got to tone down the um the scope you know we've got to make it smaller in scope and and in a way it's kind of like the approach um if anyone's played vagrant story on on ps1 which was you know kind of here's uh you know got a sort of mature mm. storyline very kind of final fantasy-esque but it's just going to be in this one it town truly, this one environment it truly disturbs scale. it truly disturbs me that that developers still think that what players are looking for are good graphics it truly disturbs me i mean i understand what what you're what you know what they're kind of trying to say but you know, the reason why people remember Final Fantasy is not because... Well, obviously, the graphics becoming better was one part of it. I think, you know, because obviously Final Fantasy, that, that leap 
with Final Fantasy VII was mm. so important to like gaming history. I think that's that's one aspect of it. But really, it was about the idea of meaningful, sto- you know, meaningful storytelling and, and characters that I feel. It was all about the FMVs. You think so? All about those cutscenes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, in, in a way, you know, the, the cutscenes. Yeah, it was about a kind of story ambition, but it was kind of about coupling that ambition with the sort of realistic. Graphics, yeah, the technology, cinematic kind and that's of, kind fine. Of I'm not saying that you know having great graphics, but the, but there is a limit. Like you shouldn't overwork your people to, no, into, no. It, just for that because it's it's diminishing returns. It's just diminishing returns. Yeah, no, no, I I, I totally agree, and I think that's why I was saying with you know Xenoblade is kind of the opposite of of that spectrum. direction of yeah. you know what. Let's just push it as far as we can in terms of the expanding the environments and making the environments huge yeah let's make it as big as we can as expensive as we can with as and, it's ma- a, and hope it's a big hit with as well no with as many different environments as we can and, and we'll do the graphics kind of last or, or the graphics will be a, a lower priority and i mean xenoblade looks looks a very Incredible. very good Beautiful, for, yeah. for, a, for a wii game but you know the characters and and the way they look is a bit. They look a bit weird. Interesting. They look they look a bit a bit odd and and you know it's kind of one of those things when you get kind of up close things aren't really that detailed. You know they. It's like one of those girls with the makeup. You know, far away, <laughs> looking up, looking fine. Come closer. Well, that's the whole. Po- <laughs> I wish I hadn't. <laughs> that's the whole point. We put these. We put the characters. We put all the stuff millions of miles apart so that you you kind of have you don't that notice you have that effect whereas last strokes, so last speak. story is that kind of you know those touches of the birds in the harry in, styles the harry styles in the square no the birds flying around in the square and and oh, you yeah. know all the the street vendors um you know falling over on fruit and you can knock the fruit over on the stage do, do you know what i mean there's, there's an attention to detail yeah they they decided okay we want to go small and get it really detailed mm. and get kind of the maximum uh, in terms of kind of realism and and and, and all this kind of stuff anyway, it's just a trade-off and, and but i think for for us i mean clearly we're expressing a kind of preference for xenoblade but but surely there's more i mean can we talk a bit about the the, the gameplay and, mm-hmm. uh, and what well and what that's doing? in a sense xenoblade and um the last story also share an interest in integrating story and gameplay so obviously you know xenoblade has this idea of telling the future the with future <laughs> it's coming to me <laughs> and yeah. the last story has this idea that uh, has, I mean, how would you describe it? Um, yeah, uh, there's a story thing about um, Zale. Zale. He gets this power uh, very early mark. on. Yeah, a mark on his hand. Uh, and that's kind of a, an important story feature. Mm. Uh, but just like with Shulk and, and, and the Monado, and the Monado um, it, it also has these... these uh, you know, an effect in in the gameplay and in the battle system mm. as well, because you have this special ability, uh, but you can only control Zale. He's the only mm. person you you yeah. get to play as. Uh, you so, can draw away enemy fire from your companions. Yes, it's a it's a bit like if you played Xenoblade, the aggro system where you can you draw the attention of enemies away from your mm-hmm. your teammates, and the and obviously that's useful because in a sense you don't in in um, 
in this game, in the last story, you don't have direct control over your teammates at all. So this is really just a way of get you know it's a way of getting some control over them because you can choose okay my teammates are in danger let me attract all of the fire onto myself because you're usually a bit more uh, a bit tougher up, yeah. yeah you're a bit you know, more hardy than them or you can say do you know what i'm getting beaten up like crazy here my teammates are are okay let me take the attention off myself and that there's some extra um, pros and cons to, to doing yeah, it. Yeah, and, and that obviously, you know, is combined with the story because the idea is that you are the kind of individual this power has chosen you because you're the kind of person who will want to take the burden off other people. Yeah, because you're a leader, you're a you're, natural leader. Yes, basically. and then that's and that's a, a, an important trait to have. Mm. And, and I think that's you know quite well done and and you know the the and the and this idea that and that kind of also ties into the love story because am i am i going too far no you're getting we're getting back to the story here oh i'm sorry i'm sorry well, no, uh, go, go on go on no if it's, it's, if it's, it's short it's yeah i'm saying that it's because the mark is called the mark of argonan and no it's not it's it, the mark it? of the outsider oh sorry okay well i'll just stop right there then uh. but there is a connection though like because the outsider is hot the whole idea is that it's what <laughs> spoilers no no uh. No, no, it's not the only spoilers. All I was just going to say is that, that that it kind of connects their destinies together. That the, the, the family of the Argonon family and the Mark of the Outsider, those two mm. things are intertwined in various ways. And therefore, there is a degree of destiny there that I think is very well done. That's it. That's what I was going to say. Is okay. that all right? That is do, absolutely fine. Do that, you have any. That you're is policing me out. like crazy. Yeah, that is getting edited out. You are policing me like crazy. I, I do not enjoy being put under this kind of duress. We've got to keep on track. That's, that's okay, what no, this that's is all fine, about. Okay, no, that's fine. That's oh, oh. oh. fine. Go, go. Uh, you were saying about the gameplay. Is, <laughs> is there anything else? Do you want to talk? Yeah, no. I want to. I want to talk about the gameplay because we haven't really spoken about it that much. I mean, the power that Zale has, right, to to attract enemies. The the one of the reasons why that's so significant is because so much of the game is and so much of the kind of levels and the, the there aren't you can't really speak about there there being dungeons in this game there aren't mm-hmm. really dungeons or and there's not really a, there is the town uh, but other than the the town is your overworld and that's it every every other environment is a place where battles happen and the levels or the dungeons or you know I don't even know what you would call them just these other environments are basically battle followed by a battle followed by a battle and obviously you get you get the characters talking during these things and you get the kind of the cutscenes and some of the story and you get you get bosses um, but it's like battle 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 boss cutscene battle 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 boss do, do you know what I mean there's there's not really sounds um, like my life <laughs> it's got a kind of it's got a kind it's got a kind of pattern or monotony there is that what you're trying to say it's just that the focus is different to a lot of of rpgs and again if we make the xenoblade comparison or no no okay forget xenoblade for a we second we can make a, we can make a comparison with an old final fantasy 9 game final fantasy 4 5 or 6 any 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 yeah, no, RPG. i was going to say um the tales the series like Tales of Symphonia I haven't played that many of the Tales games but the ones I've played you know the Tales, Tales of Symphonia has ice block puzzles mm-hmm. you know okay this this game last story has zero puzzles 
Yeah. Well, maybe it has one or two, but they're so Incidental minor. Or they're really, really minor. So, uh, and uh, and the thing is that I feel like that could the battle thing could be remedied. You could, it could have been remedied with a bit with a bit more variety. I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't really think it's a problem. I think because I, I think the battle system is really good. Yeah, and you, uh, I know and, you enjoy and really that. fun. And again, that that's kind of I know why part of the reason why you're making the Resident Evil Four comparison. comparison because this game is really action heavy and the like you said the plot moves really quickly and the gameplay moves really quickly and everything moves. Really. The, some just... of the battles are they're so fast. You run so fast. You attack so fast. Every it's quite You're overwhelming. Making me feel like one of you know a slow tortoise in this world. Like you know, I'm just I'm this old little lady going, oh, it's just a bit too fast for me. You know, <laughs> what's, what's going? What's going on? You know, <laughs> I, I just it's just ah oh, no, I you know I, I've already I've said my piece. I do think that it's a bit it's a bit much, and and I wish there was more environments to ex- explore. Like you, I'll give you me, just wish there was more exploration. Well, in, but in no, general, no, it doesn't right? have to be exploration um, geographically exactly. Mm. But the th- what I'm trying to say is that. For instance we, we get these little um these little moments in which we discover a little bit more about our characters so for instance with Marania um who kind of acts as the black mage figure if you like um is that correct or kind of healing he more healing like she's the healer yeah. yeah so she we find out early on that she there's some because obviously oh, we didn't even mention that the world is dying anyway um <laughs> that but anyway that she um, is a kind of orphan who was brought up by a very strange creature called a guardian, which we don't really find out anything about. But like they're kind of like spirits of the forest or spirits of nature, and she's brought up by one of these. We don't. We hear about this very early on in the game, and then that's it. We no, never. That's not true. You you. There's like a whole um, chapter that explores her backstory, and you go to where she a place just like where she grew up. That's and... at the start of the game. Well, that is at the start relatively. of the game. Yeah, that and is... then it comes back at the, uh, the end of the game. Uh, no, 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 no. That's not. That's <laughs> but, not how that's it works. The, but that's, that's what a side story is. A side character. I mean, she's not. She's not one of the main characters. Okay, okay. Let's compare it to one of the best games of all time, Final Fantasy Nine. Okay, in Final Fantasy Nine, you have. Um, Garnet, who is not the main character, but she's one of the main characters. Yeah. Interesting how we've gone back to the plot here. Anyway, go on. <sighs> you've 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 pushed the button. You pushed the button. That's all. You pushed so many buttons. <laughs> so so in in you know you you have this idea that she is a summoner, and we don't really know why or or what what has happened to traumatize her that she can't use her summons anymore. And then we go to Medinsari, and we find these strange ruins, and then we we you know then we go out again, and we you know we find rumor we find all these strange things and it suddenly all comes together and you the one who have brought it all together being just told random facts and then and you're making me hate the game i really hate you for making me hate the game okay because i don't I hate do? it but you're making me hate it why did i do because you're making me over explain why it's not as good as final fantasy 9 so for you that's the that's, that's the, the crux of every game, but right. <laughs> but like no, but but seriously, I do think that that is a little bit of a disservice to fans of RPGs. Huh. Anyway. So what is it? I mean, did you have this the same feeling as me when after we we beat it, of like you know that was a really really uh, interesting game, really interesting yes. and really unique and and you know well worth. A play. Uh, yeah, well worth playing and, and putting the time in. Uh, 
but there is that something that means that even though in in theory it's all really good and there's some parts I mm. you know really certain aspects I really enjoyed but there was just something that didn't quite tip over into being like okay now this is this, this is, is really this great. is a must play classic or even that it was very good I think it was a good game I think it was a solid good game but I think that in terms of making it into one of those replayable experiences, something that you'd recommend to someone else, I don't think it's in that bracket. But yeah, I agree with you. It's a good, it's a good game. And but the the reason why I would kind of um, make it more to make it sound more positive than just it's good is is also just the fact that it is very unique as well. It it's is unique. V- very very um, uh, kind of innovative and unusual style. In in the way that was with the battle system and with and with all these kind of things, there's a lot of originality there. You there is I haven't played anything else that's, another, that's like it. Another really positive thing is the music. Oh really? You you like the music? There, I swear there didn't, was one piece of music that was just like wow. It's there was yes, there was. I, overall, I'd say it didn't really stand out to me. I mean, I only I found out afterwards after we played it that um, you know Nobuo no, I, you know I'm not going to be able to say his name, but Nobuo Uematsu. The Final Fantasy, you know, guy, the guy. music guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he composed the soundtrack for this game. But you didn't find it especially spectacular, did you? No, no, I didn't. I thought it was so. really good, and I thought that the fact that we didn't notice it was it was a strength because if you don't notice it, that means it's doing its job. To an extent, though, I do know which what piece of music you're talking about. Yeah. That was that was really good. That was really like. You could put oh. it at the end of the. Maybe I will. Or the beginning. Anywho, anywho. Yeah, we I should. I feel like we've 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 gone back and forth, and there was no beginning or end. Exactly. It reminds me of the early days of doing this podcast. It reminds me of episode two or something like that. You know, back in the early days, ten episodes ago. <laughs> oh, that was a long time ago. I, I actually some of those the older episodes are quite difficult to listen to. Oh, don't now. say that. Not all of them, but some of them. The Why? Re- like the first one or two. I don't Why? Know. Uh, I don't think we were. Well, I know I wasn't. Was not as good at this. Yeah, whole you 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 the used to interrupt me all the time. I still do. I, still I know do. that's why I said it. <laughs> you Cheeky. still interrupt me, and you and you and you were quite. I know there's so many wrongs on your side and so many rights on my side. Sometimes <laughs> I just think to myself, I need to get a new host. No, I think I I, I would the way I would say is that it would. So many awkwards on both of our sides. That's how I would say. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We can agree to disagree. That's my spin on it, and my spin is the last story. <laughs> if you know, if you get what I, I mean. get, what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. 
Well, I guess we kind of said a kind of concluding concluding piece there. I mean, mm. do you want to just maybe try and, and sort of situate it uh, in connection with the other Project Rainfall games? Basically, the, the order is Xenoblade at top. In the middle, you've got your, the last story and right at the bottom somewhere, you've got your uh, Pandora's Tower. And they make a nice little sandwich like that. And I think, and I, I, to this day, I do not understand why they did not want to release it in, in the US. I just do not understand The last story. It. Well, all, all of them, of because them. it's just, yeah. it seems like such an odd thing to just be like, well, why? You know, what's the point? Because if you're sending it to Europe, what effort are you going to have to deal? Is it just the US, was the US kind of going, oh, well, don't really, don't really want to do the localization. Let's let Europe, let, let Europe do it. Is that what the trade-off was? I mean, I do, I do genuinely think that um, that they, that Nintendo of America must have kind of passed on them at a kind of early stage, and then Nintendo of Europe somehow were like, yeah, let's do it, let's do all three of them, and it was after that, after that was done, after that was all set in motion, after that had all happened, and and uh, Nintendo of Europe had done all the all the all the translating and all the localizations and all the English accents and the voice acting. Yeah. Then Nintendo America yeah. were like, well, all right, we'll piggyback on that. Yeah. One word. Slackers. Slackers. Yeah. <laughs> we'll steal we'll steal your uh, <laughs> I, I think thing. it was a brilliant, brilliant thing that they did not take it up because I'm yeah. so happy that they that but the accents were so do good. You, do you know do you know uh, I mean I can remember at the time you know hearing people say I don't know like I'm in you know kind of I'm interested but I'm not sure if I trust Nintendo of Europe to do a, a good job because uh, with with translating a localization because when have they ever done anything like this before? They never have because you know yeah, when has there yeah. when has there been a game that's come to to Europe? That's happened, but not often. Very rarely, and, yeah. and especially in the kind of modern uh, or kind of you know m- kind more, more recent more recent yeah. era. When does that happen? There's, there's still some games that don't come to Europe. Typical fanboy reaction. Ooh, but, it's never been done. It's going to be bad. Typical, sh- typical well, fanboy no, reaction. It's just, it's just kind of wait and see and just, you know. But I think they I did think a it, fantastic job. Yeah, yeah it, really tu- it turned out really know, well. Really, really well. Because um, I have good things to say about the voice all acting. All of the localizations. For, and the, yes, and, and this, the is, this, is not, this is not some like whoop whoop. You know, we're not like a Europophiles at all in this household because <laughs> we know a bit about history. Um, but, but in this case, Europe, badass. <laughs> On that note? Uh, yes, well, I, I'll just say I, I, I agree with you on your, um, your rankings. On those, sandwich. On those guys. I think that's kind of a... a An easy one to do... Yeah, and I think and I think, I think unfair in a way because I think they're all very different. There's the the one element they all share, apart from the localizations, um, is the fact that they they are interested in integrated storytelling. The fact that the yeah. gameplay and the story have this kind of m- mode or method that integrates the two together. But that is the yes. only thing they have in common, in my opinion. I think they are incredibly different games, and it's a bit unfair to compare them. Especially Xenoblade. Yeah. Nonetheless, sandwich. Yes. <laughs> but this just seemed like a fun um, way to do a trilogy of, of podcasts. So that's the reason why we're doing it. I need a reason. No? You just okay. need to live your life. All right. Well, we'll leave you, listener, to live your life. Uh, and on those inspiring words, we'll... St- <laughs> we'll- <laughs> on the- you're going to bore them to death. <laughs>
on those inspiring words. We will see you. You'll hear us. It's time to end this. To end the show. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. See, see, see you soon. Whatever. I've got to come up with a better way of parting from these bloody podcast listeners. You, you need to have a more upbeat kind of. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed chatting to you. <laughs> right. Is that is that why you're always so depressed at the end of a podcast? Because you hate talking to me that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so mean. <laughs>